Welcome to Side Projects. Yes. Welcome to Side Projects. I like that. (laughs) Okay. All right. All right. So, uh, welcome to Side Projects, everybody. Our second Side Projects. I'm Brian. I'm Amy. <laughs> and and it, it's been a while. <laughs> and and today we have with us ourselves. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad we're like getting back back in the uh, game here with the Side back Projects. Back in the game. No. Totally. Me too. The first one, uh, thank you to everyone who gave us such kind feedback about the first one. Mm -hmm. Um, We're very excited about the idea of doing these, but also it's uh, still just a lot of work. (laughs) Not that I'm complaining. I know this is like something I want to do. (laughs) Right, Um, (laughs) right. Isn't it, Brian? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So I don't know. Yeah, the world does not need any more whiny white guys. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Um, but yeah so yeah we're very excited about doing the side projects and so thank you for your patience in between um, the different editions of it or iterations mm -hmm. we do have some craft school updates to share with you Mm -hmm. but uh, that will will save for the end Um, and we wanted to start now with reading some of our listener and guest responses to our prompt from the last one which was uh, what do you do when you're not feeling it or how to push through a period of low motivation? <laughs> this would be a great part to cue the like ocean noises. <laughs> <laughs> and then you would come in with your smooth and silky radio voice. And be like, Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to side projects too. <laughs> now, as you gaze at the horizon, um, Oh, all right. Sorry. Okay. All right. Doug Sanders, uh, thank you for your response. Doug actually lives in Bloomington, and he's a very kind person and also carves amazing Netskes, which are tiny little like tobacco pouch toggles. It's Mm -hmm. a Japanese tradition. And he's like collected all over the world. Yeah. Yeah. They're so amazing. So talented. My gosh. Yeah. He's a salsa underdogs on instagram Mm -hmm. but you can see some of you can see some of his carvings there anyway yeah so uh here it is from doug this is what doug does to push through a period of low motivation for me it is much the same as brian and i get into a bad mood that doesn't benefit me or my significant other thanks doug uh (laughs) so i usually take time to clean the studio organize supplies sharpen tools etc that way i at least feel the time was spent somewhat productively I find ideas for future work pop up in my head all the time, and it's been of a benefit to write them down or do a quick sketch to jog my memory later. During dry spells, I go to those notes. I also return time and again to work of others that I admire or particular books of images and try to decipher anew what it is about that work that inspires me. It's ironic, but the opposite problem happens with as much frequency. I get a sudden idea that I think is amazing. And I quickly shove everything out of the way and set to work. Invariably, after an hour or so of frantic work, I realized that the idea was lousy or I went about it too hastily and made a project-ending mistake, wasting my time and valuable resources. I've gotten more aware of these manic periods over the years and am more suspicious of the amazing idea (laughs) and try to calm myself down or let the idea simmer for a few days. 
If it was a genuinely good one on Sunday night, it'll still be a good one Wednesday morning with fresh eyes. I like that. Thank I you, like Doug. That too. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. I I like the idea of approaching new amazing ideas with like a little bit of caution because I think I can <laughs> I can relate to that. I'm like everything needs to stop like <laughs> and I will do this. <laughs> yeah. And it's going to be amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and from like a business venture standpoint too, I'm like, oh, what if I made this line of these things? And then I like go and make, you know, 25 of them and spend like two weeks making them. And then I put them up for sale or whatever. And then they just sit there for like three years. I'm like, gee, maybe I should have gauged interest a little more. (laughs) Yeah, I can totally, I can relate to that for sure. (laughs) So thanks, Doug. Yeah, really good. Um, That's good. Who do we got next? So, uh, yeah, next we have a response from Elizabeth Grab, and she says, to push through when feeling deeply unmotivated on a particular project, I lean into productive procrastination. Sometimes that looks like Amy's response of deep cleaning (laughs) and purging the unnecessaries, (laughs) which is definitely something I do. Sometimes it's researching a craft, art, or practice that I've wanted to try, but haven't found or made the opportunity to learn. Most often, it's making new or digging up old unfinished projects in a completely different media from what I'm supposed to be working on. This week, I pulled out scrap leather from Pergamina to make a wall-hanging envelope doohickey. <laughs> Just a, everyone knows that's a technical term. Um, a wall-hanging envelope doohickey to solve an ongoing bedside book storage issue. Used scrap fabric to make more masks for friends and made new stretcher bars for old paintings, all to avoid finishing up the finicky embroidery left on a lampshade. Writing this, I'm realizing there's also usually a theme of challenging myself to use materials already at hand, especially those that I'm running out of excuses for holding on to through those deep cleans mentioned previously. So, long story short, happy distraction slash avoidance. Woohoo! <laughs> if the... If the motivation tank is full of only fumes, however, I dive headfirst into a pile of existential angst until I'm heartily sick of my own company, which shifts me into hyperproductive gear. It's a less positive and more circuitous route to rediscovering motivation, but sometimes you got to use what's available. Much crafty affection, Elizabeth. I really like that too. Thank you, Elizabeth. Yeah. 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 Such thoughtful responses. I know. Well, what speaks to you here? I guess other than echoing what uh, you do already. (laughs) Well, I think, well, you know, obviously there's always a project hanging around, which is, you know, I think every single craftsperson, well, probably just anybody in the world has a hundred projects that they need to finish up. Um, So I, Mm -hmm. I appreciate that and think about that too, where it's like, you know, sometimes it's just, actually setting aside the time to do that. And it's, it makes sense to me that you do that when you're not feeling it with like your work with a capital W, W, you know what I mean? Like, right, right, right. Like it's something you need to do anyway. You might as well just get it out of the way and then you'll feel like you've done something, even though maybe it's coincidentally avoiding, (laughs) avoiding your actual work. (laughs) Yeah, like I would say for me, I I just do Duolingo. 
<laughs> actually, I came up with a three-step program towards feeling like I had an accomplished day. And what I do every day after I have coffee is um, I make sure that by the end of the day, I have read a chapter in a book. I have done a Duolingo lesson, which for those of you who don't know, Duolingo is a like um, it teaches you other languages, like a language learning app. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm learning Spanish. And then the other thing is I try to do like one physical sort of craft related thing, whether or not it's related to work. That certainly counts. But say I don't get to, you know, the actual a job that I'm supposed to, you know, capital J job <laughs> I'm supposed to be working on. So I'll try to like maybe carve a piece of a spoon or like do a couple rows of knitting or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, just to feel like I did something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I I think I wish I had a formula. That's a good idea. I think I, when I'm avoiding things, I definitely still do the organizational thing and that makes me feel like I've done something, but then also Hmm. I'm really spending a lot more time outside. And even if I don't necessarily do something, just the change of scenery, which you know, literally is just 15 steps <laughs> outside of my house. <laughs> um, <laughs> makes me feel as if I'm doing something or, you know, just like trimming the grass or something. It literally... A little late for trimming the verge, don't you think? <laughs> <laughs> I heard voices. <laughs> Sorry, one little uh, Lord of the Rings <laughs> quote. <laughs> Amy's uh-huh. been really living in her best hobbit life right now. <laughs> No, yeah, totally. Uh, I think that 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 change of scenery is always a nice, like, little fresh, mm-hmm. like taking even taking Ren, uh, my dog, for a walk or something like that. A lot of times, it's just like, oh yeah. Or uh, uh, my friend Alyssa Sakura, who um, is a very dear friend of mine and a paper maker and all around, just like very crafty, great person. Mm-hmm. She had, the, you know, there's sort of that concept of like uh, forest bathing. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, But she, the way she talked about it in an email to me one time was, I thought was very nice, was when you go out in the woods, it's kind of like that. It's sort of like a filter for your problems. Like Mm -hmm. as you walk by different trees, like different pieces of things you're worrying about kind of get snagged on those branches and you leave them behind you. Oh. And as you go through the woods, and I thought that was such a nice way of describing that. Yeah. and so sometimes when I, you know, it sort of made me rethink like, oh yeah, even just taking my dog for a walk in the woods is like this very restorative practice. Yeah. <laughs> right. No, it is. Um, it is. There's even, there is like research, scientific research around, it's called, I think it's called the three day effect of mm. just being outside in the woods. And by the third day, you're a lot of your emotions or if you're dealing with some sort of trauma or something, um, Mm -hmm. a lot of that has changed drastically. And I can't remember exactly what the research was around it, but I know that there's a woman who was taking, there's a podcast um, called the three or not, excuse me. It's an audible book called the three day effect. And she does some research around post-traumatic stress and like how, restorative it is just to be outside um and yeah it's like forced bathing you don't have to do something super intense or 
anything like that, but it, it makes a big difference. Yeah. So that's a good happy distraction slash avoidance. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Uh, or you could just make it part of your, your job that you do. <laughs> yeah, totally. No, but I found for me, like, I can't, I can't keep like a regular schedule. As hard as I try, I just, I've, I do too many different things for yeah, better I mean, or for worse. I feel yeah. like in general for better. Um, <laughs> and so I can't keep to like a solid schedule, even like waking up at the same time every day or anything. So I just figured if I made a checklist, I can, as long as I check those three things at some point in the day, it's like good. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's a good way to do it, I think. Well, thank you, Elizabeth. Ooh, next we have one from uh, our very dear friend and our first guest on the show, Will Manning, bladesmith from Jonesboro, Tennessee, mm-hmm. uh, under uh, the moniker Hartwood Forge. And I, I'm keeping in both his <laughs> sign-off and salutation for his email because I love it as well. <laughs> All right, so here we go from Will. Hey, you two baby dudes. <laughs> Thanks for making me think about this. I've been experiencing low motivation lately. I blame it on civil unrest. Is that an excuse? Do I need an excuse? If it weren't the police violence and justices towards the BIPOC community or inequality bringing me down, I'm sure I would find something else to blame for my low or no no motivation, as both of you probably know by now. (laughs) It just comes with the territory of Will Manning. (laughs) Poor Will. It's also been a major reason I've sought my employment independence. I hated keeping jobs where I have to show up despite my mental status. And this may be my privilege speaking, but being forced to do anything sucks. During this recent spell of, quote, not feeling it, close quote, I thought about how I handle it and I'm pretty sure I embrace it. Finish that project. Cook that meal. Go on that hike. Hey, that's what we were talking about. Mm. Or finish that book. There's no need for me to force myself into the shop when I'm not feeling it. So why not get a load of mulch and show the garden some love? Yeah. That will make me feel, quote, productive and make my garden happen, which pays great dividends. Mm -hmm. It also prevents me from going to the shop. (laughs) (laughs) And it gives my mind something else to focus on. And sometimes it's these distraction techniques that spark the next creative stint anyways. I get so sick of weeding that it's time to disappear into my shop and work out the ideas I've been at daydreaming of while pulling weeds or cooking. Hmm. I think this is a great question that lots of people would benefit from. Thanks. Uh, From addressing and or even thinking about. My short answer is embrace it in all capital letters. (laughs) Love y'all. W. Thanks, Will. (laughs) So he's Um, so thoughtful. I really like in that one how he sort of talks about just like, you know, when you're not feeling it, like just don't go into the shop to some Mm -hmm. extent because sometimes Mm -hmm. you have deadlines and you can't help it but oftentimes like your work ends up suffering anyway yeah um if you're Mm -hmm. really not feeling it then i I know for me personally when i'm working on cutting these tiny little designs and tools if i'm not a hundred percent on the face of that tool you know mental Mm -hmm. focus wise Mm -hmm. then it's like uh, I mean, I'm so much more prone to making mistakes and then I have to go way back and add an extra hour or two to like undo that one cut that I did wrong. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, um, it definitely is like more beneficial to just take a break. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I don't maybe I'm getting a little too woo woo here, but I think if you <laughs> if you make stuff that your heart isn't in. I, or maybe it's just me. I don't know. It's kind of this like 
burden, but like if my if my heart is not absolutely in whatever it is I'm making, it just doesn't sell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's fair. I, it's really weird cuz I'm like, ugh, I made this thing. It's okay. I'm not super excited about it even though, you know, it's what it's supposed to be. And then it just sits there on the website for like 100 years. <laughs> and it's because I think that there's some sort of like um I don't know. Like there's some there's some sort of energy around it that people are like I'm not into it either. <laughs> I could definitely see that being a thing. I mean, so often with handcraft, at least this has been my experience, but a lot of what sells something is sort of that's handmade is is the person. Mm. Uh is that that you're I mean, you're buying sort of like, (laughs) this sounds terrible to say it this way, but it's like, you're buying, you know, you're buying a piece of that person (laughs) or like you're buying, but it's like, you know what I mean? Like you're, you're investing in that person, I guess Mm -hmm. is a better way of putting it. Like Mm -hmm. you, when I buy a spoon from Amy or a, a carving from Amy, like I want that connection to you as a maker. Mm -hmm. And uh, at least that's how I approach it. Um, Mm -hmm. And when I'm using those things later on, I always think of those people. And so maybe if like you're not putting that piece of you in that piece of work mm-hmm. that translates to someone not feeling that connection to you yeah, when they're looking to purchase that. Right. I can yeah. see that. Yeah. That's so interesting. I just, it's almost um, telepathic or something. <laughs> woo woo Amy. I'm telling you, <laughs> I'm into it. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, <laughs> well, thank you, Will. Always yeah. great to hear from you, buddy. Yeah, thanks. Okay, who do we have next here? Oh, Dawson. He was on episode six. Dawson Moore, he's a spoon carver and woodworker in Harbor Springs, Michigan. And he says, I start by knowing periods of low motivation are the norm for me. I take advantage of high energy days to set myself up with weeks worth of mindless, low energy work. (laughs) (laughs) For me, that means spoon blanks in the freezer. All the tough decisions, future planning, grunt labor, dust and loud noise is already done. It takes very little motivation for me to walk downstairs, grab some blanks out of the freezer and get to carving. I put on some podcasts and float away for eight hours. With young kids, there's really <laughs> with young kids, there really isn't an alternative. I've got to make a living and the old Netflix and chill just does not compute with kid life. <laughs> oh, and weed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Dawson. Dawson Moore, everybody. <laughs> oh, so good. Yeah. It's really funny. <laughs> I love the preparedness. I mean, if you, if anyone listened to his episode, um, you know, it's very, he's so thoughtful and methodical with mm-hmm. every aspect of his life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I love that he even like has the foresight to plan for when he <laughs> doesn't want to do stuff. <laughs> right. That's so funny. Like I can't even plan like the next 10 minutes and, or I feel like that. Right? No, I, I think I do actually, but but Dawson's like, well, when I'm feeling this emotion, I'm going to have this type of work ready to go. And like, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would love if he opened up like the freezer or whatever uh, where he's keeping his materials and it just has like good day, bad day, 
like mediocre day and all and it's just different types of work already pre-sorted and ready to go <laughs> or like it's it's color-coded or something no color-coded. you know but that's actually a nice i like that idea i think oh it's good it's you a- know maybe I, I would love to incorporate that into my own thing into mm-hmm. my own little practice i think mm-hmm. it does work actually with the tool making because one of my favorite mindless sort of activities is turning the handles oh yeah and that, that i can just go and get into a rhythm and like spend a few hours and crank out you know 30 mm-hmm. or 50 of them or whatever and you mm-hmm. just get in a flow and put on some tunes or whatever that you like yeah, yeah. some rage against the machine which brings <laughs> us to courtney martin <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Sorry, we we made some Rage Against the Machine references in Courtney's episode. Yeah. <laughs> and uh Courtney once again is another one of our guests. Oh, also thank you Dawson. Um but Courtney Martin was our guest on episode 3. She is a potter from Penland, North Carolina. Thank you so much for uh responding to our prompt, Courtney. Yes. And without further ado, here's her response. Hi. <laughs> so when I'm not feeling it, <laughs> uh, so when I'm not feeling it or being sluggish to get in the studio, I commit to making what a friend of mine used to call seed pots. And remember everyone, pots is referring to like pottery pots. Um, <laughs> anyway, meaning I wedge for a short run of a form I've made before. Like for example, uh, 12 copies of three pound bowls. I go through the motion of making these and not worrying too much about them. By the time they are complete, I have ideas of what to make next, and it gets me back into the studio mode. I almost always have pots I need to make for each kiln, and just going through the motions of making something familiar works to get my brain going. Thanks, guys. Courtney. Thank you, Courtney, (laughs) for your response. (laughs) Yeah. That's interesting. Like, It sounds like she's got a little bit in common with Dawson. They're both... I was just... Totally. Like a maybe a little bit more in the like production mode of the work that they create, and so even when their days are like they're not feeling it, they're still creating the product, and I think that's really cool and interesting. Yeah, it's a. I think yeah. their um, their work seems to be a really nice combination of. Each piece has its own set of challenges, but each piece also has its parts you don't have to worry about mm-hmm. in a sense. Like, for instance, with Courtney, if she's throwing a big run of these three pound bowls, she can sit down, do the exact same thing a bunch of times mm-hmm. and kind mm-hmm. of be able to lose herself in that. But then when it comes to like glazing and doing all that other stuff, it's like, oh, yeah, I need to give each one of these their individual attention. Right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's a. I think that that totally kind of goes hand in hand with, um, with Dawson's. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Thanks Courtney. Yeah. Thanks Courtney. And our last person is Erin Fletcher who was on episode five. She's a book binder um, from Woo-hoo. Boston, Massachusetts. And she works for Ert. Doesn't she, she t- has taught classes for North Bennett before. So. Yes, she's yeah, she still does teach like in the continuing ed. Um, okay, okay. Part of the bookbinding. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so Aaron says there are short moments and long moments where I experience slumps in my creative work or production work. I might need a burst of energy in the middle of the day, so before lockdown, I would take a break at a coffee shop 
sit by the waterfront, or go to a spin class. The latter might seem silly, but I found that immersing my mind and body in a loud and dark space to be rather rejuvenating. However, since the lockdown, I've had very limited access to my studio, so I've not been able to use any of these tactics. I've certainly struggled to find a way back into making in the same way I did before. Right now, I've got several small projects going. Since I've been forced into a break from my studio work, I've taken this moment to play with new techniques and foster ideas that I've had on the back burner. I don't take anything too seriously and work on it whenever I have the energy to do so. Cool. Thank you, Aaron. This one, it's actually kind of, it's really neat. I've read over these a few times, but I feel like reading them out loud for some reason is, it's neat seeing the sort of uh, hybridized iterations from that they all have in common. Like each person, it, they're sort of all, um, they have little bits in common and little bits that differ from individual to individual. Mm-hmm. Like for instance, with Aaron's here, you know, it, she talks about going to a spin class, for example, and to me, that's very similar of like, I like what Will was saying, where he's like, I just go and like go out and lose myself in the garden. Right. Um, yeah. And then at the same time, like kind of what Elizabeth was saying, where she'll kind of do other productive procrastination things. You know, Aaron said she's taking this moment to play with new techniques. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, this, yeah, it's just like a nice combination where it's like, oh, yeah, like everybody kind of does a little bit of this and a little bit of that. But the actual you know, final blend of how people deal with this stuff varies from individual to individual. I guess it's not yeah. a very surprising result to come of it, but... <laughs> I, I can't imagine. It's like people are different, <laughs> and yet they're still people. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it's, but the thing is that they all have some pretty, like the patterns are very similar. It's like, go immerse your body and mind in something completely different. Or finish up little things that you've, you know, haven't had the time to to work on. And yeah, that seems to be the commonality. And so it must work because they keep doing it. <laughs> also, it's nice that we didn't get a response. It's like, what are you talking about? I've never felt that way before. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to know who that person is. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, really? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Be like, what are you taking? Who are um, you? <laughs> are you human? But uh, yeah, no, thank you so much to everyone who sent us a response. We hope that some of you listening to this might find some of that helpful or relatable, yeah. at least. Sometimes right. it's nice to know that you're not crazy for, you know, feeling crappy at a certain time. And, yeah. you know, that there are some things you can do to push through it and other times just write it out. Yep. I know, for instance, I feel like I just, uh, Amy and I were talking before we started recording, and I've been in kind of a slump for a long time, uh, mm-hmm. the last few months at least, which I, I think a lot of people can relate to. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> so it's like, but yeah, so um, it's like all of a sudden I just woke up last week and was like, huh, I feel good all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> cool. <laughs> Let's get to it. Yeah. So thanks again. And now for something completely different. I hope that's not trademarked by Monty Python. <laughs> so please don't do it. Uh, but yes, craft school announcements. As we said in our previous side projects, we like to use this time as well to just share some things happening at different crafty institutions around the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are some craft schools that we reached out to a handful and some of them 
got back to us uh, with sort of ways of keeping up to date on things. So uh, without further ado, uh, Amy, how about you kick us off with what North House Folk School's got going on right now? Okay, sounds good. Well, they're continuing their free online crafting in place programs, which range from learning how to cut dovetails to making fishing nets with natural fibers. North House's campus is open and following all appropriate health procedures. If any of those uh, crafting in place programs interest you, we encourage you to visit their website at northhouse.org. Also, their fall course load has changed a bit. Instead of sending out a catalog, they will use their website and e-newsletter to announce fall offerings, and they will target mid-fall for mailing out an abridged course catalog that reaches out into 2021. This year, the Unplugged 2020 North House fundraiser will be a virtual event. You can purchase a ticket for your household and enjoy an evening with the North House community. Basically, uh, their fundraiser sounds like it is going to be a pretty big bash that you can enjoy from the comfort of your living room while giving money to a good cause. Yeah. (laughs) In your pajamas. You could be in your pajamas, basically, is what you're saying, which sounds really good to me. (laughs) Sounds great. Yeah, I'm all about it. Mm -hmm. Athleisure, baby. (laughs) All right. Okay, North Bennett Street School in Boston, Massachusetts. Um, North Bennett's most recent issues of the magazine Benchmarks is uh, online as a digital version. They covered a wide range of topics, including their pivot to training at home, the lives of innovative and passionate artisans, and how they are cultivating space for a wider community of people. In addition, they have an informative how-to guide for making videos for craftspeople and a series of videos called In the Making about the lives and work of craftspeople, which they've uploaded to their YouTube channel. So if you want to check out more of that, you can visit nbss.edu. Okay. And we just learned about this opportunity through um, our friend Alyssa, um, and it's it's for John C. Campbell Folk School. The Traditional Craft Mentorship Program is a grant-funded opportunity for the early to mid-career artists to spend a month in Brasstown this fall, learning from master artisans. Through this new endeavor, made possible by rethinking an unexpected change to their standard programming, They have found a way to invite small groups of emerging artists to focused sessions that will enhance their interests, knowledge, and skills in traditional Appalachian craft, music, and dance. The deadline to apply for the traditional craft mentorship program is August 28, 2020. The crafts include basketry, music, weaving, blacksmithing, chair making, and fiber arts. So if you're interested in the program, Please visit folkschool.org for more information. Which that program does sound awesome. We know Mm -hmm. that probably by the time this gets out, it'll be a very tight deadline to apply. Um, (laughs) So keep your eyes peeled for it for next year. Maybe sign up for their newsletter or follow their blog or something like that because that is a that is a pretty cool opportunity. Yeah, and I know you might even get lucky if you uh, apply for the basketry one. You might find yourself in there with Amy because Amy's going to apply, aren't you, Amy? <laughs> I'm thinking about it. Yeah, <laughs> you got to. Oh. <laughs> but you only have eight days. From I know. They were recording this, so Jeez. get on it. <laughs> I know. Uh, um, Okie dokie. All right. So we also have some news from Penland, Penland, mm-hmm. North Carolina. So here we go. There is a really cool um, 
gallery exhibition, like online and in person at the uh, Track Gallery in Spruce Pine, North Carolina. It's called Emotional States, and it is brought to you by the Beyond Prison Artist Alliance. It will be online and in person from August 5th to September 12th. So it's we're kind of like right in the middle of it right now. But uh, here's the description for you. Explore a range of remarkable sculptures, drawings, mixed media pieces, and more made by members of the Beyond Prison Artist Alliance. The Alliance is a community of artists incarcerated at Avery Mitchell Correctional Institution and artists affiliated with Penland and App State. Together, they have facilitated short and long-form workshops within the prison to build artistic community and amplify the voices of incarcerated artists to the outside world. Hmm. In lieu of an opening reception, Penland's Sarah Rose Lejeune, who is awesome uh, and the <laughs> nicest person ever, and Daniel Beck, who I'm sure is also very nice, <laughs> will, <laughs> will give an artist talk about the exhibition and the Beyond Prison Artist Alliance on Friday, September 4th at 5 p.m. So there should be plenty of time to check that out by the time mm-hmm. this comes out. Yeah, This event will be an in-depth conversation about the evolution of the program over the last three years and the ways their classes use art as a tool to build community. Uh, to attend, uh, please email them, which I'm sure if you visit penland.org, you'll be able to uh, get connected to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that sounds so cool, and I'm really looking yeah. forward to checking that out. Um, so thank you all, Penland, for doing this work. There is also out-of-the-box kits available. These are um, art-at-home kits. So you can purchase one for the creative kid in your life and treat them to a week of art activities and all the supplies needed to complete them. Woohoo! Available kits. Woohoo! <laughs> Available kits include summer days with clay for ages three through six and embellish it. An embroidery <laughs> beadwork and stenciling kit for ages twelve through seventeen. One final announcement from Penland is that uh, I did read that they are still planning on having in-person classes in spring twenty twenty one. And among them in the concentrations, I will be teaching a workshop with Jim Croft, who is one of my uh, mentors, and we'll be doing like a basically make the whole book from scratch kind of deal. We'll be making a bunch of tools, we'll be making paper, mm-hmm. uh, doing a bunch of woodworking, shaping clasps, all that kind of fun stuff. So keep your eyes peeled. I'm very excited that that has not been canceled yet. <laughs> <laughs> was a lot of news it is a lot yeah it's really neat that despite the lockdown there's still so much going on right yes well i guess that about does it for this uh this episode of side projects unless you have anything to add amy i can't <laughs> think of <laughs> can't think of anything it seems like we it was pretty exhaustive <laughs> Woo. yeah Woo. okay go back to eating bananas and peanut butter Ooh, yeah well, I probably won't because I don't have any bananas, but I do have peanut butter. So maybe I'll <laughs> chew my eat own a spoonful of, of peanut. <laughs> Just have some peanut butter. Um, but yeah, stay tuned for more side projects. We have some really fun ideas in the works for them. And then also, if y'all's listeners have ideas as well, feel free to email us at cutthecraftpodcast at gmail.com right yeah right that's our email that's exactly it <laughs> i know i say it, i probably say it more than you do <laughs> yeah that's true that is your line in that's the credits. my line yeah yep okay anyway thank you everybody see you next time 